When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Ryan's capped his Kirkland water. He's good to go. He's hydrated. He was parched before. But um, <laughs> we're good to go here on the Pipe It Up podcast. This is episode 106, I believe. It's crazy. 106 episodes. But regardless, I got Ryan here in the booth. We got Jack on the call. Going to be a banger. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Jack, how are you feeling, man? Ah, uh, we're doing all right, Tom. How how you doing? I'm doing great. And I gotta ask Jack, are you uh, are you recording on your end? Just gotta double check here before we get going. I am, as always. I'm recording. Look at him. He's getting end. better and better. He came in prepared today. He's rocking and <laughs> ready rolling. to go. I'm becoming I'm becoming more savvy podcaster. Starting to get the groove of it now. I feel like I'm getting worse and worse at this, to be honest with you. But <laughs> it's nah. also just due to a bit of a a lack of resources sometimes. But Overall, the episodes have been sounding pretty good, final product wise lately. But I can't lie to you, last week was uh, last week was a long edit, and um, I think we, I think we may have discovered the problem uh, <laughs> a few moments ago when I realized the microphone was in the wrong setting for having a guest on. So uh, Ryan should be sounding pretty loud and clear for you guys, but um, we'll do our best. I'll still make it sound good regardless. But had to have Ryan today on. It made sense after the Preds Magic uh, series uploaded last Friday. Um, so it's nice that we have representation from both teams here on tonight's pod. But um, it was a series that uh, I think a lot of Magic fans were disappointed in. But if you're a Preds fan, you can't be any happier. So um, I guess I'll go to you first, Ryan, and talk about uh, talk about the sweep, talk about the day, and uh, just what's the what's the feeling right now in the, for the Preds? Um, I mean, the feeling's great. Obviously, a sweep at any point in the season is huge. Um, we're going into that Magic series, we're a little bit nervous because um, what you've seen in the past, what the Magic can do, they can be successful in times like this. So it was really kind of just like uh, uh, bearing down and hold, staying true, and uh, we were really successful. It felt really good. You were bearing down for sure. This is the best I've seen you pitch. I've said this before, too, I think since your Cy Young days, and uh, to be honest with you, I didn't really expect to see that, so I'm happy for you, and well, I guess we'll get into that in a little bit, but... um. Jack, as the old captain of the Magic, watching from afar, uh, it's, it's got a sting, right? Yeah. I mean, hats off to the Predators. It was really a good series, top to bottom. They pitched really well, got the run support they needed. They played really good defense. Um, and, you know, we just, at the end of the day, couldn't make enough plays. It's tough to uh, it's tough to watch from the sidelines, but kind of just is what it is. Um, I thought that, Ryan, I, I, I know that... Um, Kyle was commentating on like during the video but that two seam fastball you had um I've never seen you throw that I was wondering it was it was a cool pitch I was wondering like how many times you were actually throwing that uh you know on an average at bat because since we only see like the last pitch like it seemed like you were striking a lot of the guys out with it but how many before were you throwing them in those at bats um well I mean uh, it's kind of developed into my strike pitch. Uh, my slider used to be that pitch for me uh, personally. I just liked going to it. It was comfortable. Um, but this two seam that I'm throwing is kind of uh, it feels like a baseball pitch. It feels natural. So that's kind of I threw it. I would say probably sixty percent of the time on the first pitch of every at bat, I was throwing that pitch. Yeah. And then I'd mix in a different pitch and then come back to it for the strikeout. That's huge. Yeah. I think like when you said like it feels natural, because like that's how I used to feel throwing like both my slider and my drop ball. Like, it didn't feel like I was trying to aim anything or, like, focus on mechanics. It all just felt so smooth. And that's when I was throwing so many strikes, whereas now it's, like, trying to, like, I'm thinking about so many different things. It's like, what okay, what worked the previous pitch? What did I just screw up? Why did the ball just go in the dirt? But when you're up there just, like, not thinking and saying, okay, this is my confident strike pitch, that helps so much. Yeah, definitely. You can definitely tell. I mean, you've been dominant. Uh, I think you're, what, 5-0, and right? Yeah, 5-0 and now. Mound? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's pretty it's, good start. It's great. It's, pretty yeah, good start. it's great. I think so you have I th- five decisions in nine games, five right. and the other four will go to McGlade. Right, correct. Okay. Yeah. I think uh it also like plays into the hitters. Like when they when they see your confidence on the mound, like any pitcher's confidence when they have a pitch like that where they where they know it's pretty much gonna be a strike every time, that kind of gets the pit the uh the hitters a little antsy too. 
um, when they know that pitch is coming. But yeah, hats off to you guys, Rye. You uh, you guys really showed out. Um, I mean, the Magic. We haven't been hitting good all year. That's been pretty obvious, but. Um, we did get the bats going a little bit, like probably more than some of the other series we've played. So yeah, I, I guess it was mm-hmm. something to build Definitely. on. Um, but yeah, just kind of another disappointing series. I don't really have like a ton to say about it cause I wasn't really there. I mean, the video kind of speaks for itself, but right. Um, I mean, um, speaking to what you just said about, uh, you guys picking it up at the plate, um, Definitely in game two, when you guys had that two run inning, it you know it, it kind of felt like I couldn't get a pitch past you guys. It kind of felt like a like an old school Kyle type situation, where you know you just don't know what to throw. So I mean, I was throwing Chatty that two seam, he was putting it in play. Bonham was all over the slider. Um, so like you know, from a pitcher standpoint, from what I saw, you guys definitely improved at the plate as the series went on, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. That was probably the best performance I've seen by the Magic um, at the plate even though they didn't play very many runs, it just felt like when I watched the Magic play against the Cobras when you were in town, Jack, and even against the Eagles, it just felt like a lot of guys were going up there with um, you know, not a great approach and kind of were just like just out going up there before the bat even started. Whereas both in person and watching the video back, it just seemed like there was a lot more fight and a lot more um, you know, preparation that went into those bats into those at bats and a lot more focus. So you could tell, I mean, Curdy putting the ball in play quite often Chadwick was too Jackson was fighting having long at bats but unfortunately I most of the stuff you guys are putting in play right now has been on the ground and Ryan wasn't walking a lot of batters so it was tough to convert into you know runs and big plays um, you guys capitalized on a couple of small mental mistakes by the Predators but um, I think the Magic's next step in the right direction is just getting balls to leave the yard yeah, yeah I think I mean I think by and large the Predators did a pretty good job playing defense other than a couple mistakes but they, they made some we, great plays. We, yeah. They made some Russell's really great plays. Yeah. Russell always showing flashes of his uh, his golden glove years. But, um, you, you know, we also had mistakes on defense. And when and when you're kind of taking that approach that Bonham takes of, like, throwing strikes, you know, you're going to get mm-hmm. get balls into the field. And I think we have to have a little bit more of a, you know, communication and just overall focus like on defense um just because like that is his style he just throws strikes so it's like he he'll let up he'll give up home runs but but he also gets a lot of strikeouts and like gets you know outs hit but balls hit on the ground so it's like we got to be able to make those defensive plays and it's not really a recipe for success to have you know lackluster defense Mm -hmm. and a pitcher that's throwing a bunch of strikes yeah, I trust that to my guys as well because, you know, our goal on the mound this year as, as an entire squad is, yeah, just to pitch to contact, which sounds so simple, but it really is not as we see a lot of pitchers in the league who struggle with throwing strikes. So, yeah, when you're pitching to contact and there's balls in play and there's outs to be made and those outs are not made, it can be very frustrating as a pitcher when, you know, you're doing your job and unfortunately the guys behind you are just, um, you know, even if it's just one mistake, if it, if it leads to a run, it, it really stings. So I um I could tell Bonham was frustrated in a couple situations, and um, I'm wondering, you know, are you involved in any of the post game chatter with the guys? Um, like, what's how down is everybody as a group right now? Uh, I wouldn't say. Um, I mean, just being candid, I wouldn't say the spirits are like too high, but um, it's just difficult. Like, I try to. I tr- it's it's kind of hard just being on the other side of the country. You know, I try to ask like how the game <laughs> how the game went and whatnot and it's kind of like i can really only go off like what they give me so and then i watch mm-hmm. the video like a normal fan um so it's like i don't know it's kind of it's difficult sometimes um it's the magic once again believe it or not fans folks uh have their backs against the wall so we'll see if we got any any more rabbits to pull out of our hat this year but i think it's probably looked a little more bleak uh than other years yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and it's been disappointing, I can't lie to you, after you guys you know, made your deepest postseason push ever last year, um, just seeing the guys struggle. And I love all the guys on the Magic's roster, so just seeing everyone struggle hurts as a fan of the league and as a fan of the Magic. Um, so I know a lot of your fan base probably feels you know, the same way that I do right now. But like you said, if you want to keep your heads up, um, you know, think about the history of this team. They've, been, they've had slow starts in the past, 
and they've seemed to do the impossible each and every year and make the postseason push. So you guys have a very tough series coming up against the Wildcats, and uh, that'll be the, the first series for you guys in the second half. And that's, you know, you could call that probably a must-sweep for the Magic if they want to keep much, their name yeah. in the postseason conversation. Pretty much a must-sweep for us. I mean, we don't have very many options. <laughs> that's how it goes. That. Dude, Jack, I was there last year, man. You know, you were saying how everyone was pretty down. I mean, I felt the same way last year on the Mallards. Um, there just wasn't a whole lot of energy, um, you know, in our conversations between games at the field. It just... When things aren't clicking, it's it's tough. I just think that uh, um, one thing I've noticed is in in pa- in past years the Magic have really played with um, a looseness and like chip on our shoulder because um, we've always kind of like been the underdog in the league, and um, for whatever reason, like maybe it was things that I had said to my group before. Um, and possibly kind of managed it a little bit differently. But I think we just sort of like um, put a little bit too much on our own shoulders or kind of like expected too much of ourselves almost, if that makes sense. And uh, once the beginning of the year like didn't start out as well as we expected it to, um, I think it kind of just like really, you know, made us feel even worse about it because it was it was losing but it was losing when you were really expecting to you know be good and like actually make a push this year like we had the pieces um we thought you know we were gonna have a first full year with Bonham and Chadwick like that sounded great at the beginning of Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year um but wait we just by and large like haven't been able to hit enough and when you can't put balls in play or over the fence in MLW you're just not gonna get wins yeah trust me this is like it's like what you're describing right now is exactly what was going through my head last year. Like after I drafted Irwin and I had Bonham, I was like, okay, now I have like a great bat. I have Trevor who's been dominant on the mound, but it was the same thing. Our pitching like wasn't atrocious last year. Uh, it was actually pretty good for the most part, especially when Bonham was on the mound. But just the, the bats weren't getting going. And I, I agree when you have expectations, you know, make the postseason, make a push at a title. And then you go out there and are struggling to win games. It, it sucks. Cause you know, it's it's a 15 game season, which sounds like a lot, but that's, that's only five trips to the Meadows, and these games are happening fast. And when you go out there and lose another three games, it, it really just it's like dang, like you just can't buy a win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I, I get I get exactly. What what do, what do you think, Ryan? What's your take on the uh, on the Magic from a third um, party point of view? Well, I mean, uh, having just played them, I mean, there's a lot of things that I took away from the series. Um, Chadwick threw a no hitter in Game Three. Um, obviously the walks were a problem, but, um, talking to him, I found out that it was just, he didn't have cleats on. So he was adjusting to, uh, slipping on the turf, you know, and, you know, obviously that's a problem, but when he adjusted to it, he started throwing strikes and he was really good. Um, we all, you know, me and the predators, when we talked about it after the series, we were just saying, you know, like Chadwick looked like an ace for a minute there, you know, he really looked like himself. And then as for Bonham's sake, you know, I kind of felt what Bonham is going through a little bit now. I felt it last year where um, you can pitch good games and you can do your job well, but when your offense doesn't do uh, like back you up at all, you know, you look like a bad pitcher. You know, you don't look successful. But I mean, the truth is um, in the second game, you know, I had two home runs. Those that's You take those two swings away and the error that LJ made, you know. Mm-hmm. And then in the first game, we only scored on Wardis three-run home run. You know, it's just one swing. And that's so, it, yeah, <laughs> and it's frustrating as a pitcher because when that one swing and the ball leaves the yard, um, you you expect your offense to help you out, you know, to bounce back. But when you don't have that, then, you know, it's just really uh, – you get really frustrated. Yeah, it's kind of just yeah. like a cycle, you know. We got to we yeah. got to somehow snap it, snap it clean off, and and if break sure, through if for sure somehow. It's a cycle because, like I was saying last year, it just felt like I was always like trying to hit a home run or wanted someone to hit a home run to just get us on the board. Mm-hmm. And then when yeah, whether it's a three run shot or a solo shot, whatever, when a run comes across, it just sucks because you're like, man, we can't hit. Like I got to be the guy to step up, and it's just a lot of pressure on yourself as a player. So um, I think the magic. What, what do I think can save the Magic? Let's see here. I think what it comes down to is probably just even a stroke of luck. And when I say luck, I don't mean like actually luck. But I, no, here's, no, no, no. Listen to me. Hear me out. Like, for example, Chadwick, everybody, obviously, like I said last series, having good at-bats. When I say good at-bats, I mean like putting together the pieces to be successful but just not executing. 
So if someone can get quote unquote lucky and execute just one time, like if they have that one swing that connects and hits the ball over the yard, that may spark plug a win, which could lead to, you know, a good day at the at the plate for the rest of the squad. Yeah. It could just be that one moment. That's all you need sometimes in football is that one moment to turn a season around. Yeah. So personally we, we, I believe we need that a catalyst. Hitting is- you do. Yeah. You game need one against the Wildcats. We need one. <laughs> well, no, I'm serious. That's when it like yeah. that's when it has to happen. That's when the tides need to turn because um, I truthfully don't see you guys winning games two and three the way the season's going right now. If you don't win that first game, do you agree with me? Yeah. No, I, I would. Agree I don't with that. think you win the series without that first win. No, I agree. Yeah, is I it mean, even possible I... though? Like realistically, like I haven't ran the numbers. Sorry, Ryan. I, I no, keep interrupting you, but like if we if we Let's say we win but don't sweep. Is there even a chance that we could still get in? Like, I think we have to sweep the Wildcats. I was trying to put this together myself um, while you were speaking earlier in this in this show. Um, if you if you win the series but don't sweep, that'll put you guys at four and eight. Is that correct? Yeah. And the Wildcats would be well. I can't say because the Wildcats Cobras video hasn't come out yet. Okay. All right. So, so we can't figure it out yet. All right. We'll figure so it I, out I when can't we later. Technically, figure it out yet. Okay. <laughs> but I, I do believe I do believe it's in the realm of possibility, Jack. The Cobras and Cats are kind of just um, in limbo in the middle of the standings, both at three and three. So yes, they have one more series to play before you play the Wildcats, which could affect the outcome. But even if a sweep occurs there, at best, I guess I'm trying to think of worst case scenarios for you guys. You've already lost a series to the Cobras and the Predators. You have a chance to play the Wildcats head to head. So I think worst case scenario for you guys would be a wildcat sweep. I think that'd yeah. be the worst case scenario for you, putting the cats to six and three and the cobras to three and six, just because the cobras have head to head for you. Mm-hmm. Not saying you'd be out of it because, um, like you could still overtake the cobras like you have in years past and then like right. beat them in the standing straight right. up instead of a tiebreaker. But um, I can't really crunch the numbers fully because once again, all nine teams haven't won games. But I, I want to say that. I don't. You will. I don't think you'll control your own destiny necessarily. We'll, but I we'll think need some a luck. Chance. We'll and need all some the magic favors. in the past is a chance. Yeah, we just need yeah. some magic to happen. That's it. Ryan had something but, uh, to say, though. I want to hear what Ryan had to say. Okay, if he even yeah, remembers. So what I was saying. No. Yeah, I do. So what I was saying before, when you guys were talking about like Chadwick's at bats and executing and whatnot. Um, personally, I believe that hitting's contagious between baseball and wiffle ball. So you know, it really just takes one guy to figure it out. Um, uh, for example, when you guys were playing the Cobras, Curdy uh, came into that series. First at-bats of the day, he starts getting hits. He starts get, getting walked. Now you guys are seeing the ball. Yeah, I mean, so immediately. So immediately. True. As soon as Curdy starts doing it, you guys are all like, okay, you know, we're not out of this. We can do this. And then Chadwick obviously hits the walk-off home run. So I think, you know, as Tommy was saying, you know, putting, you know, maybe one or two balls over the fence a series is going to change everything. I think one or two balls over the over the fence, you know, brings your team average up probably 75 100 points over the next two series yeah i agree with game that. one game one cats magic i'm gonna be locked in i'm gonna be so dialed in i'm, I'm rooting so hard for you guys <laughs> it's, gotta, it's gotta yeah i will be locked in i i well i will say with with a somewhat disappointing start that we've had i've been i've been pretty impressed with jordan curdy himself the king curdy me too. I think he's yeah, earned his definitely. he's earned his magic stripes. He, you know, a lot of you guys like to <laughs> like to meme. <laughs> a lot of you guys like to, uh, I know, make memes with with Jordan and whatnot. And he is a memeable guy, but he's also he's also you know a respectable wiffle ball player now. So I guys, I think you, know, you guys should give him that respect. How did I'm trying to think back? Yeah, what was Curdy's entry like into this league last year? Because I think last year was his official year. He didn't get drafted. He was a free agent pickup, correct? Yeah. I didn't have a draft pick, uh, but I kind of wanted to just correct. add some talent to just, you know, kind of deepen so, the stash so of the did, roster. How did how did Curdy end up turning into kind of the mean that he is today? I, I can't really remember the origin story there as to I can kind of remember Gus being a meme from the start, but yeah. Curdy, I don't really quite have my, my fingers wrapped around it. I don't, yeah. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. just appeared. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember how it started either. I think it was just like he just had that memeable vibe when he the first video he was in. Like I think the kids just the kids just latched on. They were like, "Oh, this is like I don't know." They they decided to meme him. I don't know. I, I, how I does anyone end up as a meme? You just right think, place, wrong no, time, I guess. No, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Like I said, I, I like Gus was kind of like a scripted meme because like we 
we came in with the guy's name just being Gus on the draft board. No, yeah, that that name. was you guys made that meme. Yeah, so that was he, Gus was an industry plant. Let's be honest, guys. Yeah. he was planted into the meme world. But Curdy, <laughs> I don't quite know what happened there. I think it was more so just because maybe something did occur. Maybe there was a moment in time. Please message us. Message us if so. But I think it's more so just like being an underdog. You know, when you're not getting a lot yeah. of playing time, then you get those opportunities. It makes you like a really easy guy to root for and to cheer on. But I will say that there's been some guys that have kind of been wrongfully placed into that, like, not a not a competitor, not a solid enough player to, like, be an everyday type guy that maybe shouldn't be there. Both Curdy has shown that, like you said, he's, he's, like, in terms of the magic and how your guys' team batting average is looking, he's just as good as the rest of your yeah. life right now because <laughs> he's putting the ball in play. He's one of the better <laughs> ones, honestly. Yeah, he's correct. one of the better ones. Yeah, right yeah. speaking to that, speaking to that, in our last series, I mean, you can't tell because you only see one pitch. You see the last pitch of every at-bat. But, I mean, Curdy was all over me all day. And, you know, so I kind of – I eventually caught on to he, you know, he likes to swing. So, when in the quick pitch scenario, he'll swing just about every time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, before that, you know, and you obviously can't tell unless you watch it on the Instagram live. I mean, Curdy was fouling pitches off. Um, I remember a few ground balls he was hitting down the right field and the left field line trying to put the ball in play. And just, you know, some of them came off uh, unlucky. But Curdy, I mean – as when Curdy stepped up to the plate, I did not let up. Um, you know, some hitters in the league, you can kind of feel that, mm-hmm. but not with Curdy. There's not many of those guys yeah. right now. And yeah, I think um, we place. I was going to talk about Gus. Gus had to play in that series last year. I think it was against the Magic Jack. Is that correct? I yeah. Gus was actually like a not and not that pitch. bad pitcher. Like he, he was hit. like kind of fooling me because he play he because he plays against Norp and Sailor like when they're playing um, just amongst themselves in Livonia. Yeah, like he plays with all those guys, so he's playing against good competition all the time. But Gus just has been memed from the start, and I think there actually might be some real talent there. And um, some of the MLW guys, not myself or Kyle or Daniel or Cheatham or like our normal quote unquote national team roster, because um, we were down in Oklahoma the Oklahoma series this weekend, but there was the NWLA tournament was going on this weekend and some MLW guys showed some interest in playing in that. So they went and represented MLW and Gus was one of those guys who I thought was kind of just there for the ride, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But I don't have all the details as to what went down. Um, I know we made top eight, I think out of 12 teams. So we did okay. Kind of finished where we thought we would, but um, uh, rumor has it that Gus went yard in his first at bat. Those fences are not <laughs> wow. short. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, rumor has it that Gus went yard first at bat. That is big if true. <laughs> big if true. If big if true. I'm not, I don't want to be spreading false things, but I believe I got a text saying Gus went yard first at bat. Incredible. So, Good for the kid. I also heard, kind of talking about memeable players, once again, I don't know what was going on in Indy, what was in the water there, but I heard that uh, Casey Bennett was actually MLW's most effective pitcher this weekend. Pitched through two wins. Wow. All right. So, Good for him. All right. Good ne- for him. Never thrown an inning in MLW yeah, before, yeah. but apparently the guy can throw from 48 feet unscuffed like a champion. So, wow. Those I don't are know. two different games. So, two, it is yeah. two different games for sure, for sure. But, um, yeah, just a fun fact about Gus and, uh, and Curdy. Like I said, Curdy's solid. So, I want to shift our focus kind of to the Preds now. We've been kind of, I feel like the mood of this pod has been kind of somber. We've all been talking disappointed yeah, and sad. Up even Ryan, we're, we're all sad that, yeah. that Magic are struggling, right? We're yeah, all kind no. of sad because the Magic are a lot of likable guys. It's a You're good right. franchise. So back to the Preds, seven and two. Um, I gotta say, Ryan, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm surprised. Um, I think I was part of the reason you guys ended up at the bottom of the preseason power rankings. We weren't too high on the draft choices, how you guys finished last season, all that kind of stuff. But I need you to speak truthfully here. Seven and two. Did you think you'd be here? Yes. You did. Yeah. Okay. Um, the Predators last year kind of were the show and go team of MLW. Uh, we had a lot of just show up. It's the first time you swung a bat in a few weeks, that type of thing. You know, nobody was watching film. Nobody really cared. So when me and Warda were talking in the offseason, we were like, okay, we have our three guys. We know that I can play, Warda can play, and Brennan can play. And with McGlade as a solid number two, we have all the pieces there. We just didn't execute. So we decided we would, you know, put more time into the game, watch more film, do more outside practice. You can see the defensive work between yes, Warda and Brennan paying solid. off. I mean, I'm not kidding. They went up to the field and hit ground balls to each other. You know, like that's stuff that other teams aren't doing, and rightfully so. So, you know, like just having that feeling within our team, um, I could tell that this year was going to be a good year. It kind of felt the same way 2019 and 2020 did as to where we're going to be a dominating team. Um, You know, we just, you know, we got to put the pieces together. We had them all there. We just weren't putting them together. 
So with our addition of the draft pick, I wasn't really too worried about. Um, obviously, we were looking at a lot of talent, and with the second overall pick, you you know we you see a lot of guys that um, are really good players, mm-hmm. and you know obviously a lot of them are playing very well in this league, and I'm happy for them. But um, I know that you know with Mac, we can train him over time, and that's kind of was our goal. We kind of knew going in that Mac wasn't going to play much, but he, we wanted him to see pitches, we wanted him to get at bats. So that, you know, when the day that Brennan or Warda is struggling, or if, even if I'm struggling, then he can come in, you know, and he can be that guy. You know, as you guys saw in the first series, he draws walks, he gets on base. So, um, you know, I just I knew the Predators were going to be good this year, and I knew uh, redeveloping my arsenal the way I did, we would have um, a little bit of an advantage against some teams that we've played for the last few years. I mean, truthfully speaking, like the the pick for Mac makes sense for you guys because you guys are a group that kind of feeds off of the chemistry and the, and the friendships and that kind mm-hmm. of propels you to success and it has in the past led to your championship in 2019. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like the Preds are like the last like vintage MLW like backyard type team. Yeah. Like it truly is like a group of friends on a squad together. They haven't made any big trades. They haven't drafted some talent they didn't know previously. Like I said, Mac was part of the Elma baseball mm-hmm. team that plays with Ryan and McGlade. So the Preds are truly like a friend group squad that, and they're one of the best teams in the league right yeah. now. Cause everyone yeah. like the Mallards were like that for a while. Um, the Eagles were like that forever. This is like the first year of the Eagles kind of having that new look. Um, the Cobras, there's some new pieces there. Magic, of course, were kind of a new team to start from. So are the Gators. So like, it's interesting to see the success still there, despite being like all OG MLW guys, yeah. pretty much outside of McGlade and Holly, who haven't played a huge role, but they're definitely you know a part of your guys' success. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I I believe like in the uh, when you're having fun, you're winning type motto. So especially with uh, you'll see Rudy. We think Rudy's a huge piece. You he know, is, Rudy Rudy is. keeps us upbeat. He you know he gets on the other team's nerves a little bit, and that's what we want. We just you know we want to play with a little bit of an advantage. So you know in the offseason that's kind of what we were focused on exactly what you just said is just enjoying it you know drafting somebody we know and can you know know we'll have fun and want to be there i mean it's working i can't yeah. i can't argue with the results yeah i think uh, best seven and two record i'm certainly surprised um by your guys' start i mean i knew you were a good team i didn't expect you guys to be this good this year what i think i'm most impressed with um uh, and it might just be because I have sort of a personal connection and more of like a friendship with them. But Brennan and Alec, just like, I don't know. I feel like me, uh, where I'm at, like with wiffle ball, it's kind of like I got to actually like put in some time to be, you know, pretty good still. And like you said, they're practicing and like hitting to each other and stuff. But it's just pretty incredible for like someone like Brennan, who's been in the league for how long he is to like still be putting up these numbers after like he's had off years he's had up years you know and for him to like come out and have this one and for warda to be supporting and you're leading the team and in average like it's just it's impressive you guys what you guys have been able to do at the plate and like Uh, you dialing back in on the mound like adjusting to the speed was something like everyone was talking about i think i knew you were gonna figure that out um and you know mcglade's been good so it's just kind of you know, you guys are, uh, you guys are, I feel like are playing at your potential right now. Like this is, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this is the way, I this is the you. Predators way for sure. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like a theme right now in the league, to be honest, because I mean, I guess I could even you put myself in that category in terms of being at the plate. Um, Russell and Ward have been along for, have been around for a long time and um, they've had their moments. They've had their big plays. Um, they've had their home runs in their career, but once again, we're getting older, some of us, and it's interesting to see like how much time guys continue to put in, especially as the talent levels in MLW grow, as MLW as a, as a brand grows and as a league grows and more talent comes in from outside of our community. So to see these guys that were kind of in MLW at first just because of their relationships with you know the founders and whatnot, and just you know MLW is a backyard game, a backyard mm-hmm. sport, a backyard league built off of that. And as it's kind of evolved into a, more of a professional league um, or a semi-professional league, you could say, um, some of that talent's been phased out. You know, guys, unfortunately, like Neil Smith, Clayton Price, right. Noah and Steve are gone. Not even, not only because of their talent, but also just like people are moving on. So to see um, guys like Russell and Warder who have stuck with it and stayed dedicated, have be, have success, and I said, you know, myself too, um, it's pretty uh, it's pretty cool. But I just, 
I knew it could be done. I wasn't saying I wasn't sure you guys would be bad this year, but I just I personally didn't see it coming, and you guys have yeah. shocked me so far. Yeah, no, definitely. Speaking on what you were saying, you know, like the league come becomes so professional that like people kind of forget. Um, I feel like what we're there to do. You exactly. Know? So for me personally, wiffle ball is like the best part of my summer. It's the best part of the year for me, and I know it is the same for the other guys on my squad. So just we know, you know, we're there to have fun. We're there to enjoy ourselves. And I feel like the person who's, you know, there to have fun is going to play better than the person who's there for business. Yeah, that's what the Magic need, Jack. Uh, do you think the Magic are having fun right now out there? Because it doesn't look like it too much. No, I think that's kind of going to be uh, my theme going into the the next series. I will be, um, spoiler, will be at the next series. Um, oh. First, heard your first on Pipe It Up. Breaking news. <laughs> That's what you guys, yeah. That's what you guys are are get the perk to. Uh, is hearing the breaking news, so I will be there. And uh, Let's you, go Magic players, if you're listening to the game plan, is going to be to have fun. And Curdy is. You also heard it here this first. Curdy, Curdy is going to lead three. off. Curdy's leading oh. off in game one. That's what I'm doing. Oh my god, we're changing it up. Curdy's been a spark plug. He's going to get us going. And we're going to come out swinging for game one. So It's a really good idea. I'm so excited right now, yeah. Jack. You don't even know. There you go. Well, this Here's some I excitement know, for the pod, you know? Let's get some excitement for the pod. Yeah. That's what the Magic this, needs. This is, the, this is the the turn of the tides this podcast needed. It was an up, uh, the Magic. We're leaving the Magic on a high note in terms of speaking about them. I think putting Curdy at the top of the order is the right move. Like you said, you got to change something. Yeah. Right? It was just like last year, I made a little trade. I had to change something up. Um, so put Curry at the top, get get the Energizer Bunny back out here, Jack Agner, and uh, <laughs> wands up. What's Anything can happen, man. Get your Anything wands can up. Anything, Anything can, happen. can happen. Especially yeah. when you Any got a little, day. you know, magic dust floating around in the air. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. I mean, once again, I didn't I didn't expect to get swept against the Eagles, and that's exactly what happened. So, in MLW, I think you have to expect the unexpected. I mean, in this slate alone, um, like I said, in like it was said in the intro of the video, the um, you know, in the National League, we had the Mallards getting swept, and then the D-backs losing two out of three to the Gators. So, I didn't predict either of those things happening. So, anything can happen in this league, and uh, the season's far from over. I'm not. I'm. It definitely would be better for the Magic if they started better than two and seven, but I'm not saying it can't be done, Jack. I'm not saying it can't be done. Crazier things have happened. I think Absolutely. maybe not an Absolutely. MLW, but there's a first for I everything. I mean, the magic. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Jack's sweating it out today. I appreciate that. I've been there. It's not fun. I was sweating it out all weekend. In Oklahoma, it was, uh, I think Friday was 99, Saturday 100. Oh, my God. But I'll be, I'm surprised because, as you guys probably know, you've, you've heard me throughout the years, I'll be the first one to say that I do complain sometimes about the heat and everything i guess that just gets me through it but um it really was not that bad i don't know how but i was out there golfing and i think because there was a little breeze and it wasn't humid yes it felt hot but like i wasn't miserable if that makes sense like i was a little sweaty but i wasn't like dying so maybe that's what the people down south say like oh it's a dry heat it's not that bad like i was kind of relating a little bit and i didn't get sunburned yeah. i had sunscreen on only spf 30 so that was a risky part on my on my uh <laughs> on my end as, as a pale young fellow but i didn't get burned and i wasn't that bad i am be honest but how was right. the uh, are you asking SPF... what's up jack how was the stock, golf stock, game a stock no, I'm... factor oh, okay. <laughs> i was gonna ask ryan if he's an spf 30 guy or over I, under i gotta lie or not i can't lie i don't wear sunscreen you don't typically. wear sunscreen either no i i'm how not surprised possible? i was gonna say yeah. under anyway SPF 30 is normally where I go around. Caden, that'll do, that'll do Caden the job. Caden did the same thing. He's like, I, I don't need sunscreen. I don't wear it. I'm like, what? If I'm on the beach for like all day, then I will, I'll wear sunscreen. But, you know, like if I'm going to the meadows or if I was golfing, I wouldn't wear sunscreen. God. That is oh, no. Crazy. I wouldn't do that either, I don't think. Well, see, I never, um, like when I was, you landscape, right, Ryan? Yeah, so you're outside I do. every day. Yep. When I was doing ground screw for baseball, I was outside every day as well. So, yeah, I would never wear sunscreen because I was so tan. The worst farmer stand of all time, but I was so tan on my arms mm-hmm. and neck and face. Like, I wouldn't get burnt. But nowadays, I'm only outside, like, for long periods of time, maybe twice a week. So, I'll get cooked, man. Yeah. I don't take care of my skin. Yeah. I'll get cooked. <laughs> yeah, no, I, feel I can't like... lie to you. Yeah. But, all right, so what you... was your question, Ray? The golf game. Know. We got lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, how, how, how did the uh, the golf game treat you? And... <sighs> well, 
Um, and did you listen to the tips I, I sent you? I did listen to the tips. Ooh, right? this, is actually, this is actually a funny story, right? Tips. So, so <laughs> let, me guys, let me walk you guys through this. And this is going to have a very anticlimactic ending, but it's okay. Um, so here's what happened. We, I tried to go to the range one last time before the trip. And you guys might have saw on the Pipe It Up Instagram story, I was on the putting green and I was chipping in the rain. But the, the actual driving range itself was closed due to the rain. So I couldn't swing the day before we left. So I was very disappointed, especially because I got up like an hour early to go do that. So I was, I was, I was mad. Couldn't swing. So we get to the resort first night and it was late. We arrived at like 1030, I want to say, but we met with an employee there at the resort. who was kind of like, um, kind of in charge of the event, like the one who was, um, not like our direct host, but the employee who was kind of boots on the ground type guy doing, doing the grunt work right, for us. Right. So we meet John, great guy. And um, we're like, oh, can we hop in the golf simulators for a bit before you guys close up? He's like, yeah, go ahead. I'll set you guys up. I'll get it. I'll boot it up for you. So we go in there. And so as we know, the the scramble was me and Cheatham versus Georgie and Daniel. And of those four guys, by far, I am striking the ball the best. I'm still kind of shanking it, which is disappointing. It's going to the right, but it's not like actually being shanked it's just starting right and finishing a little right, fade yeah a little it's, cut it's, fade it's bad yeah okay so not straight but like if i can just close my club face i'll be good to go here cheatham's duffing the ball and i'm like if we <laughs> if he cannot hit off the turf we're in trouble i was like hitting <laughs> off the turf is easy i was like we are in so much big trouble but then daniel and jorgensen were swinging and they couldn't hit the ball either and i'm like maybe we'll be all right tomorrow i don't know right. so then fast forward you know 12 hours or so we go out, we get checked in at the course. We have about 30 minutes till we need to uh, tee off. So we all go to the range, and Daniel and Jorgensen, I, I split up from them, so I couldn't see them, but I'm with Cheatham, and Cheatham's hitting the ball okay. Now, I was like 15 minutes late because I was actually like getting us checked in and all that kind of stuff and talking to our contact. So I had, I had like 10 minutes to hit, and I get down there, I set up, I grab like a 7-iron, seven, um, seven my driver, and a pitching wedge, I think, with three clubs I grabbed. Interesting. And I am just, this is for the range. Right. And I am just stroking the ball. Like, this is the best I've ever driven the ball. And I'm thinking about your tip of, like, right. try to, like, act like, what'd you say? It's, it's, so them. you picture a baseball field in front of you. You yeah. try and hit a ground ball to second base. But the problem is, Ryan, if I do that, then I slice it. So I have to think about, like, that, but then also say, okay, but close your wrists. Like, I okay. need to, like, roll over. Right. I don't right. have a good golf swing, guys. I suck at golf. Okay. Anyway, I'm smoking the ball. And I'm like, Chris, we might be all right here, man. I'm, I'm crushing the ball. He's like, he's like, yeah, you kind of are. I thought you weren't good. I'm like, I'm not good. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, crushing it right now. So I'm like ecstatic. I'm like excited to go play, okay? And then we get to the first tee and I just, <laughs> I just absolutely sky the ball. Like a fly ball to left field, just gone. One ball gone already. And I'm like, oh boy. But Chris hits a playable playable ball. Um, fast forward a few holes. Um, I think we're tied up within the first two holes. We get to the third hole, and Chris just starts driving the ball like a god. This kid is absolutely <laughs> smoking the ball, like 300-plus yards. There was one hole, I think it was the fourth or fifth hole, where the there, like the fairway was in front of us straight ahead, but the hole kind of took a right turn around a pond, okay, right. or even like a small, yes, a, a large pond, a okay. large pond. And there was also a bunker to the right of the fairway before the pond. So mm-hmm. between... The bunker and the pond, there's probably a 10-yard gap of grass. Like, not full-on rough, rough, but, like, not fairway. Okay. Well, the ball will still roll on if you get it there. And Chris just puts it right in between, like, just a beautiful ball. Probably wasn't intentional, but it was awesome. And the ball rolled out of the center of the fairway. It was incredible. And then I actually had a good shot with my iron to get us on the green. And we actually took the lead there with, like, like five holes in by a stroke. And I'm like, we're going to pull this off. Jory was playing unbelievable, not unbelievable, but like good. And um, Chris was playing out of his mind. I was serviceable, but barely. It was basically Chris against Jorgie at this point. And Daniel was, <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. He wasn't, they weren't playing any of Dan's balls yet. So um, we're almost to the front nine. It's tight, real tight. We're going hole for hole. I had a, I almost, uh, I almost had my first like self par because on the par three, I put it on the green by myself. And then I could have two put it, choked it. Didn't get it by myself, but I think we got a par as a group. And then, anyway, like on hole eight, Dan, Dirty Dan, like his first <laughs> ball they actually play of the day, they're on the fringe, like far from the green, like a 40-footer. This kid puts it off the fringe and holes out. Oh, my god! Oh, my god! <laughs> I was so mad. It's like I gave him a two-stroke lead, and then we tied on the ninth hole. 
We were, we were down by two at the break because of Dan's putt. They gained two strokes on us yeah. in one hole. But it was neck and neck, like, actually pretty good golf. By this point, I started hitting the ball okay, like the sixth, seventh, fifth, sixth hole. So like I had four holes of decent golf, and Georgie was still playing well. Daniel was starting to do better. Chris was still playing solid. We take a break, grab ourselves a turn dog, go to the back nine, and then it got ugly. And I don't mean just for me and Chris, both sides. We oh, were just man. all playing terrible. I don't know if the heat fatigued us, but like this is a scramble, right? There were there was I think two holes there where all four of us hit the ball out of bounds. Both sides were taking drops. It was bad. Like it got ugly and it kind of like was frustrating because me and Chris were being worse than they were, but they were also playing bad. So we were dropping strokes, and by about the sixteenth hole or so, uh, we were down like four strokes, and it was kind of just like we're ready to get out of this heat now. Right. So. <laughs> Long story short, Chris and I did lose. I think what we said was a final total of five strokes. Um, but those first nine holes was was decent competitive golf. And the back nine, we just none of us looked like we knew how to play golf. It was embarrassing. We were losing balls. I had a fence. There was a, there was some houses to the right of this one fairway, and I absolutely <laughs> shanked this ball. And there was these two girls walking, and I just heard a I heard like a bang, and then these girls stopped dead in their tracks and like like put their like hand on their face. And I was like, did I just hit something or someone? Yeah. I got concerned, so we boogie over there, and then Chris sees the ball to the left, like in the rough to the left of the street. He's like, I think kicked out. That's actually a pretty good drive. <laughs> <laughs> so the girls keep walking. I'm like, I'm like, sorry. They go, it's okay. And I go, what that hit? And they said it hit that fence right there. So these people like right next to their house had like a black iron fence, kind of like um, around their lawn. And I must have just drilled it, and it kicked back out, bounced off the road, and into play. <laughs> so it was actually a pretty good shot. I think we played it. Perfect. But it got a good Just how you and drew it up. Just how you drew it up. Just how I drew it up. And yeah. then my irons were bad. Me and Chris couldn't make a putt. It was just bad. Georgie played very well the first nine holes. So did Chris. And I, I probably only had, like, five holes out of 18 that I was kind of satisfied with how I was hitting the ball. So I had a couple of decent putts. Um, I chipped onto the green nice a couple times. But out of the tee... Out of the tee box, I was not good. We probably only played like two of my balls out of the tee box. That's what we expected, though. I told Chris yeah. I'm not great out of the tee box, mm-hmm. but the problem was my irons, my irons weren't consistent enough either. And then I also thought I had a perfect, like, uh, I we were kind of in a tough spot, like right on the edge of the rough, and there was a bunch of, like, tall grass in front of us. And Chris just, like, shot it out into the fairway to our right, a safe play. So we had that, and I tried to just push it through, like, through the tall grass underneath this tree, and I hit it. Just like I wanted to, but for some reason we never found the ball, so it must not have made it out of the out of the oh, weeds. Okay. This was like on hole sixteen, so and then that kind of was like we like shot an eight on that hole, me and Chris. So it was <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it was all she wrote. But the reason I said this story is anticlimactic is because due to the hecticness of the weekend, that's probably not a word, but it is now. We we never like served a punishment yet. We will. We still will. Oh, you guys got off. We, we still God will. Free. No, I know we did. And Likely I still story, do it. Tom. I still want to do it. No, I'm the one who wants to do the punishment, but like it never came together. And then we were driving back home, and I was like, we never did the punishment. Like we never did anything. So the Oklahoma series doesn't get uploaded for like a month. So we have a month to figure out what me and Chris are going to do, so that way we can make it into the video if we decide right. to use this segment. But we filmed other funny segments too for between the games. I'm excited for you guys to see that. I don't want to spoil it, but uh, let's just say it's dirty Dan and it's fine at his finest. <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but perfect. It was fun. Ryan, well, you've well, played. Well, go, ahead. go ahead. Not you. I was gonna say, Ryan, have you played golf with like anyone else in MLW? Like, because I know you're a good golfer. Yeah, um, I mean, I've played with you. What we played one time, didn't we? Yeah, we played once. We yeah. did play once. Yeah. I, I, I we got to play again. I've improved a lot since then. I oh, think. Yeah, you, no. I think you'd be more impressed, but. Yeah, I mean, you weren't bad. I, uh, I've golfed with. Obviously, I've golfed with McGlade. A ton. Uh, we we played with Brennan that one time. That's the only time I played yep. with him. But other than that, I've played. I mean, with uh, Zerlag and Irwin. Both solid. Uh, yeah, I've played with Drew. Drew is <laughs> Drew is something else. I can't lie to you. <laughs> I'd rather be, though. No, and it's funny because you'll play like maybe just call it three holes with Drew, and it'll be like a par five. He'll shoot like a ten, and then a par four. He'll shoot like a seven, and then he'll just like put a like on a par three. He'll put one like two feet from the pin and birdie <laughs> and it's just like you know it's just he's just like controlled chaos most of the time so i mean he's not terrible but yeah i mean there's a, a mlw is, has a lot of talented golfers and there's uh, some good golfers and yeah. some bad golfers we were actually planning we were planning a little mlw open before yeah, the we all-star game yeah 
It's so hard to get everyone together. Yeah, we were going to, and then everybody kind of backed out last minute. Uh, Irwin kind of put it all together, and then he found out he couldn't come. So that kind of just, everybody (laughs) right there was kind of just like, all right, we're not going to do this. But the MLW Open will happen. And um, I'm excited to see, like, you know, because I haven't golfed with the Trenton guys or the Livonia guys yet, so I'm excited to see how they play. I know. I think think it would be so fun to just, like, it's, like, because we're all just such competitive guys, like, doing anything competitive other than wiffle ball. Like, obviously, yeah. that wiffle ball is fun, too, but it would just be so cool to, like, do other competitive stuff together. I, I would love to get all the MLW guys together for a couple of things. One being a golf outing for sure, but, like, even just, like, a party of, like, like cornhole tournaments, like a mm. ping-pong tournament, yeah. like anything. It'd be so fun, but like I said, that's a, first of all, it's a lot of guys. I don't know who wants to host <laughs> that, but second of all, it's just hard. It really is hard to get everyone together. There's no chance we could get everybody. We could try, no. but it's just think, so tough. Think about this. What if we had, like, a barbecue and like a That's spike, what I'm saying. That, yeah. that and like a thing. spike ball, like a spike ball oh my tournament, God, yeah. like with yeah, the teams, so and like you could come up with rules. Like everyone would have to play. Obviously, there's only two people on there one time, but like everyone on your team would have to play or something. Like we could come up with with rules. That would be insane. That would yeah. be super intense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's yeah, you could do a full golf outing with every team, and you have four guys on a team, you know, and you could yeah. scramble, scramble. And, and, yeah, yeah, we could potentially do it, but it would require a lot more planning than. It's, oh yeah like it would be so much playing and yeah. almost would take out some of the fun but it would be so fun yeah but it's tough because like summer months like it's We're hard enough to get guys there for wiffle ball <laughs> yeah and then right. like everyone leaves for whatever they're doing in the fall whether it's school or whatnot go back to work all that kind of stuff so it's it's tough but it has to happen because we are like we're getting older years are passing and we're gonna regret like never having one of those like fun like barbecues or whatever that may be I even think like talking to Chris and Jory like a Halloween party would be funny with the MLW people yeah uh, like so yeah, many man. different things would be fun Maybe it's like a maybe it's like a a winter like you know kind of off off season um some sort bowling that's a really easy one oh, in the yeah. winter, but like even if we if yeah if we all somehow made it like a trip out of it and like went somewhere in the winter and played like during the off season that'd be sick yeah that'd be, yeah, that'd be, that'd so be really fun. cool a little Florida Airbnb that'd be <laughs> yeah, so fun air, that would <laughs> be get, like unreal. a mansion have like oh thirty God. guys down there that'd be that stupid. would be like good content though honestly oh, too oh, yeah. but, like in the dead of the off season when it's like kind of like you know our our season's over or whatever and content is is sparse like. That would be some good content. Oh, yeah. Because we could do, like, yeah, we could do, like, a different, like, we could other backyard games, like cornhole, spike ball. We could do all kinds of stuff. I mean, hey, at that point, Jack, we're making content on it. Sounds like a business expense to me. Sounds like we could make it happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mark it down. Business expense. God, it would be content crazy. Content So many people to travel with. But, no, it would be it would be so fun. I, I have the same conversation with my friends all the time, like my high school buddies or college buddies, like, we need to do a trip to Vegas. We need to go to Florida, whatever it is, like Mexico again. It's just so hard to actually make it yeah. happen. Not even only because of the finances, just because of people's lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Everyone it always t- says it. It's takes you get pulling the trigger is a different. Yeah, story. when it's rare to see plans make it out of the group I know, chat. It, I agree with you. <laughs> it's the famous that's thing, true. That is that's like the truest thing ever. It just takes it just takes some effort from from everyone. You know, like the people who want to do it, like. The people who want to do it will help out and like get it done. You know, I, I mean? will say that I, I pride myself on being a stuff that stuff that I say in the group chat. I make it happen. Yeah. And I'm also the first guy to say like when my boys like, oh, I'm going to Nashville this weekend. Who's coming? I'm always like, nah, like I, I don't like yeah. I don't string people yeah. along. I just say like right away. Like, no, I can't do it. Like, yeah, because I, I don't like people who like say like, oh, yeah, let's go, boys. Everyone gets all excited in the yeah. group chat. Then you just never hear yeah. anything. It's hard <laughs> to be that guy. Thing. It's hard to be that guy um, who like, that sets guy the plans. I mean, like. Like if like if you're going to like a baseball game or something like me and my buddies I'm always the guy. It's like you bought your tickets yet? You yeah. know, it's the day before. And they're like, no. I know. You know? It's, it's like you have. You know, you gotta yeah. pull the trigger. That's like, you feel like thing. the dad. There's always yeah. the one guy in the group chat who like proposes the ideas. Like he's he's so good with ideas, but then everyone's <laughs> like everyone's like yeah, like we'll do that for yeah. sure. But then no one is really like they don't want to do it enough to plan for it. And then that person who suggested also probably doesn't know how to plan for it. So then it just never yeah. happens. And then it just dies. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. You got I think that honestly, I think that the trick is there is to be quick with the trigger. You gotta just move you fast. You have to do it. Yeah. You can't yeah. think. You gotta just do it. You gotta say, okay, it's booked. My friend did that yeah. with the um my buddy Andrew from high school. One time a Pacific Predator actually at one point, Andrew Gork. Um, he lives out in Minneapolis now, so we don't get to see him a whole lot. And he's like, Boys, we should go to like a concert in the fall. And um, he's like, We should go to like a kid rock concert or something like that. And I was like, kinda like joking, like, I'd be down, like I I'd do it if I'm free. And then he's like, all right, I bought four tickets. Like, he's pulled the trigger, and we did it. <laughs> hey. so now we're going to go yeah. do it. But, like, that can make things happen, though. Like, oh, yeah. Just, just be that pull, guy. 
pulling the trigger and like putting it on the calendar. Like once it's mm-hmm. on the calendar, it's like all right. Now we're it's like on, really now doing we're gonna it. now we're gonna plan around it. Now right? Yeah. Not exactly. Yeah. Now that that is a plan, and other things will happen, but not conflicting with that. And yeah, right. Yeah, that's the way to go. My uh, my I haven't. I don't think I've said this on the air or even told people this yet because it. Once again, I wasn't. I'm the guy who delivers. I, I don't make empty promises and then fall back. But my aunt, my you guys probably know. I've mentioned KK a lot of times. She was like, "You should do like an MLW weekend up at the cottage because she owns a little cottage up north." I'm like, KK, that's a lot of people that you just invited yeah. this cottage. I was like, I don't think I feel comfortable being responsible. There, there for might all not that. be a cottage after that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, yeah, that sounds tough, but it would be cool, like in theory, to do something like that. You know, get an airbnb that i wouldn't feel so bad trashing and like having a good time with the fellas right. and playing backyard games and jet skiing you know having bonfires yeah. that kind of oh, stuff yeah. would be would be so fun yeah and like maybe we can do it like we can try to make it happen next summer but it's so hard because like i said like the free weekends that we have i like i'm like okay we need a breather for a sec and then you put that mm. you put a trip there it's like it's hard yeah it would be so fun As, to do i think if we i think realistically it would have to be sometime in the in the off season like in the winter and we yeah, have to that, like would, a that would require that which would require, would require a lot relocation. more planning but yeah yeah but that i mean there's just no time in the summer maybe like early early spring possibly but like yeah you could do the spring break kind of tough. thing but it's still gonna yeah. travel it's still gonna travel that's the problem yeah Whereas, like, in the summer in Michigan, it's warm enough. Like, a weekend away is, like, not that difficult to do. I'll have to, I'll have to look into the logistics of making something like this actually happen. See see what we're see what we're looking at in terms of timing, prices, that kind of stuff. Availability. Hey, if you need some help looking into the logistics, let me know. <laughs> You're a big logistics guy? <laughs> <laughs> Huge on logistics. Oh, wow. Well, that's going to wrap it up, folks. Another successful episode on Pipe It Up. This is episode 107. Six, I think. I'm not Psych. even sure. Psych, 106. That was a test. I think it's uh, 107. I think he was right. Oh, was I right? Trust your gut, folks. No, 106. Oh, 106. Sorry. See, sorry. I was right. All right, I was right. I fooled you guys. 106, wrapping up here. Ryan, pleasure having you on. Tommy, as always, peace, fellas. Peace. Just the boys. The boys can only be boys for so long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boys got to be boys. But deep down, the boys will always be boys. That's boys right. will always be boys. <laughs> boys will always be boys, and boys have to be boys. It's our duty. It's our duty, man. Sometimes the boys got to just get together and get fired up. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not wrong. I'm not Boys wrong. Boys are back in town. We've been okay. going for long enough. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs>